I'm in a return to throw program right now. I should be throwing baseballs again in a few weeks and should be able to, you know, make my uh, Cleveland debut or Cleveland organizational debut sometime late June, early July, hopefully, and then we'll go from there. Welcome to episode 210 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. The road to the big leagues for Eric Sabrowski hasn't been an easy one yet. After an incredible start to his college career at Cloud County, the Edmonton left-hander was a 14th round pick of the San Diego Padres in the 2018 MLB draft. Almost immediately, he went under the knife for Tommy John surgery, setting his sights on a return in 2020. Of course, the COVID-19 pandemic derailed those plans, so Sabrowski was able to return to the field in 2021, posting a 2-0 record with 1.86 ERA in eight games for the Fort Wayne Tin Caps but he still wasn't feeling like himself and ended up going under the knife a second time for Tommy John that October. The hard-throwing left-hander was then taken by the Cleveland Guardians in the Rule 5 draft that fall and has since been trying to get himself back in game shape. What's the rehab been like over the last year? How is he feeling right now? And when does a 25-year-old expect to be back on the mound again? That's a sampling of just some of the questions we asked him recently in this candid conversation. Eric, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I know this is a baseball podcast, but let's start off with a topic that's near and dear to your heart. The Edmonton Oilers. How tough or easy is it to watch this team nowadays? Uh, It's definitely not easy. Um, It's exciting. You never know what you're going to get. It's also rather frustrating having a a few guys on, on pace for, you know, career highs. And then, you know, of course, McDavid you know, 150 points possibly. And then also looking at the standings and realizing we are not anywhere near the top. It's, uh, it's, it's certainly interesting and, and they're in a bit of a predicament and I don't have the answers, but hopefully uh, the powers that be can figure it out uh, before it gets too late. Oh, come on. You know, you want to play armchair GM like most Oilers fans. So if you could do that, what move are you making to improve that squad? I think, you know, beggars can't be choosers but uh some sort of defenseman that allows our depth chart every every defenseman in our depth chart to drop a spot i think that that's a good place to start but you know true number one defensemen aren't uh usually available so you know maybe someone can slide into that first pairing beside nurse and then just drop everyone else down a spot fair enough glass bangers yay or nay (laughs) uh (laughs) Uh, that one's funny. Um, never thought I was a glass banger. Didn't uh, didn't really have a thought of it though. And then all of a sudden, Pulley Arby and some guy are fighting in front of me, and I gave the glass a, a couple smacks. <laughs> now the reason I ask for background on this, Ian was the one who actually caught Eric in the front row of an Oilers Predators game uh, a couple of months ago. Scrum in the corner, and there's Eric in the background of the TV shot with a beer in hand. Did you end up getting on the jumbotron to slam that beer? No, no, that is that might be one of my dreams, one of my life goals, and it wasn't reached that night. But uh, there was, there were a couple extra beers that night, so that, that might have led to the glass banging. 
Fair enough. All right, let's talk a little bit of baseball here, particularly the last couple of years. Kind of crazy, I think, anyways. Let's go back to uh, October 2021. There you are on Instagram, smiling for a photo, live from a hospital bed with caption reading. Didn't realize I signed up for the two-for-one TJ special. Um, what happened, and why did you have to go under the knife for the second time? To be blunt, um, my elbow didn't work. <laughs> um <laughs> I was able to get, uh, you know, a summer and a little bit of a season out of it. But just unfortunately, as, as the 2021 season rolled on, uh, just kind of realized there was, you know, the soreness that I was experiencing was was part of a bigger issue and, and not something that uh, could be, you know, rehabbed away or, or fixed with uh, steroid injection or things like that. And uh, it was a tough decision, but or to get surgery again, you know, not knowing what I had in front of me didn't make it any easier, but I'm glad I did it. Um, I'm glad I'm still in the professional baseball world. I, I wouldn't change it for anything. Hasn't been a, an easy ride, but it's been fun. And, and I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot in my experiences. So wouldn't change that. Did it make it easier on you at all, knowing that you've gone through the process already? I know you don't want to do it one right after the other, essentially, but you've been through it, so you kind of know what to expect? Yeah, there, there was a lot less unknown, you know, kind of kind of knowing what the, the benchmarks were to begin throwing and then how kind of the throwing program progressed along. Um, and then also it was an, a chance to use what I had learned from the first rehab and things that I enjoyed really delve deeper into those. And then, you know, things that I knew maybe didn't work for me at the time, I was able to, I didn't have to learn that they didn't work for me. We were able to just kind of, kind of skip over them and, uh, you know, work on work with new ideas. I know when listening to Mike Soroka talk about his injuries and having to come back from it kind of twice in a row like that, the monotony got tiresome. Was that something that you struggled with as well as trying to put the brakes on and say, okay, the baseball related activities will come, but I got to get through some of this tedious stuff first. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, part of Tommy John surgery is just getting your range of motion back and you want that to happen in a week, but it definitely doesn't happen in a week. It takes months. And so then you get your range of motion back and then you got to, regain strength in your forearm and then your your arm as a whole and, and just your shoulder as well and definitely spend enough time sitting in complexes in, in Arizona in the summer but uh, again like I said it's you know probably a better person for it who do you lean on in that recovery process who are you tapping on the shoulder and saying hey can you help me with this one or was it the same crew that you had the first time around no so this time around I was rehabbing with Cleveland Right. And uh, so it was a different training staff, but you know, it's, it's, they're still invested in you. They still want to see you succeed. So the, the PTs here have been great for me and, and the whole kind of training staff. And then, then as well as my support group, you know, my, my fiance, Renee, <laughs> Taylor Burns, who gets, seems to get brought up every day. Uh, and then just, you know, my parents as well, just being able to let them know when I'm, when I'm not having a good day, but also, you know, share when I'm having great days and, and just being able to bounce ideas off of them and just them helping keep me grounded and, and saying that, you know, there's always another day. That's been, that's been really big for me. Was it harder dealing with this physically or harder dealing with it mentally? Mentally. 
mentally for sure. Like I said, the the physical stuff I'd been there. Uh, I wasn't excited to be in, you know, some post-surgery pain again. That's not always fun, but that can be managed. Um, just mentally knowing that unfortunately baseball gets taken away from me for another 15, 16 months, whatever it is. Um, you know, coming from the highs and finally making it, making it out to an affiliate in Fort Wayne and, and, and pitching and kind of showing the organization what I could do to then all of a sudden snap of fingers and it's, it's back to square one. You're, you know, you're in a brace <laughs> trying to, trying to get an extra degree of uh, mobility, range of motion. How challenging was that given that it wasn't just a matter of struggling through to try to keep afloat, so to speak, with Fort Wayne, but you were dealing, like you still were striking out guys left, right, and center. You had a sub two ERA, like to find out that you got to go through surgery again and then to bounce back from that, that's got to be pretty difficult. Yeah, but but like I said, I had that support staff who who was big for me. Um, it wasn't it wasn't the the best news I ever received when when we decided to go back to and have surgery again, considering how I'd pitched that summer. But you know, I, I was very thankful, like I said, that I was finally able to show people what I can do. There was enough hearing about this guy from who struck out a bunch of guys in college, and, and I was able to actually go out and perform and. And put some numbers to my name that you know I'm proud of, and and I've worked really hard for, and I'm just looking for looking forward to the next time I'm able to do that. Mm-hmm. And you got some interesting news almost right after uh, you went under the knife this last time around, in that you were taken in the Rule Five draft by Cleveland, as you mentioned. Were you surprised at all in how that all played out? Um, I was really surprised when my agent called me sometime in November saying that there was a few teams uh, interested in me for the Rule 5 draft. There I was, like we've talked about, second Tommy John, not not exactly a, uh, a, a prospect by any sorts, but uh, hearing that there were some teams interested in me and then ultimately being selected by Cleveland makes it all worth it. Um, you know, that's another organization that believes that I have a chance to pitch in the big leagues for them. And so it, it makes all that tedious and monotony, it, it makes it worth it. All the tedious stuff makes it all worth it. And, you know, it's able to go into the facility with my head held high and, and just work hard for that day and then go home and do it all over again. What is that, I'll call it month-ish, like when you get that initial phone call from uh, your agent saying, uh, you might get taken, and I'm sure you, as you mentioned, you had a few teams that were were sniffing around at you. Was Cleveland on your radar first? And second, what was that? You know, two or three or four weeks like as you sat on pins and needles, waiting to see what exactly was going to play out during that Rule Five draft. Uh, no, Cle- Cleveland was a mystery team. Actually, I didn't re- I didn't know I was going to get taken by them until you know I saw my name pop up on the list uh, beside them. Um, it was uh, it was really weird going into the facility for the next month as still a San Diego Padre, but knowing that there's a pretty good chance, you know, these trainers that I was working with, these friends I've made, you know, wouldn't be there in a month. I'd be in a brand new spot. So there's a little bit of a I know something you guys don't kind of mindset, which which made me feel a little guilty maybe. But in the end, you know, everything happens for a reason and and. I'm happy where I am right now and I'm thankful for the Padres for the opportunity to break into professional baseball. But 
you know, I'm thankful for the Guardians for, you know, rule fiving me and, and giving me another opportunity. And as interesting as it sounds, you and I were talking off air. There's a fascinating connection that you have with the Guardians as well. Who is it and how how did you know someone walking into that situation? Uh, yeah, uh, Joel Mangrum, the uh, minor league director of pitching, he actually recruited me to uh, Louisiana Monroe, the uh, school I was going to transfer to after Cloud County. So there's a little bit of famil- familiarity there. He was the first phone call that I got after I got Rule 5. So it was nice, you know, knowing someone with Cleveland, and uh, he definitely helped smooth up that transition. Did it make it a little bit easier as well, knowing how Cleveland seems to have almost embraced the the Canadian side? You look at the Quantrills, the Nailers, like there's a there's a laundry list of Canadians that seem to be dotting that organization's rosters. Yeah, there's there's a couple of us in the minor leagues as well. Cade Smith from Abbotsford, and uh, then Zach Fascia from toronto i think it's somewhere out in ontario so uh you know it's just i think it's just uh it speaks volumes about canadians in, in minor league baseball and how it you know there seems to be more and more popping up everywhere every organization has one or two canadians it seems and uh it's just it, it's it's cool to see and, and i'm 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 proud to see other Canadians in professional baseball. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. So walk us through where you're at now. Are you throwing? Are you pitching at full velocity now? What's your timeline that you have in terms of getting back onto the bump? Uh, I'll probably be back on the mound sometime in April. Uh, You know, near, near the end of my, I was, I was thrown off the mound in the fall. And near the end of that, we discovered there's a little bit of a little bit of inflammation in my joint. So I, I ended up actually going to uh, Cleveland and I got a, a steroid shot in my elbow joint. Mm-hmm. We're all good now. We just needed to let that calm down. Uh, I'm in a return to throw program right now. I should be throwing baseballs again in a few weeks and should be able to, you know, make my uh, Cleveland debut or Cleveland organizational debut sometime late June, early July, hopefully. And then we'll go from there. Have you talked to the organization at all about what the expectation is for you? Like where you'll start? Do you go down to, to camp just to soak in things in the spring? What's what's the situation like as we head into the next few months here? Well, I'm actually in Phoenix now. Okay. Uh, this was uh, Friday today, the, the end of my first week of, of 2023, basically. Uh, there's probably 40 of us down here. There's a bit of a pre-spring camp for mostly pitchers and, and a couple of hitters and so it's just uh i think i got brought down just so they can be hands-on with the with the pts and, and kind of see my see my progress and and reevaluate every week as to you know when i'm able to throw again very cool uh you've been keeping busy as well in the off season you headed back to your old abode over at ahp you mentioned t- uh, taylor you were named the roving pitching and hitting instructor for ahp <laughs> What got you interested in the instruction side of things? I it's it's something that I always thought I would do. I was always interested in in, in the coaching side of baseball, even when I was younger. Just kind of, I've had I've been fortunate enough to have so many great coaches throughout all my years of baseball. And, you know, a couple of high school programs that I was a part of, college, professional ball, even you know, mosquito and. I guess it's U U ten U eight and U ten now and and whatever. Just like I said, every year I've had I've had some really good coaches. So it's it's been just observing how they work, how they do, you know, how they explain things and and, and teach things. It's always been interesting to me. And 
I'm looking forward to giving back as well. And, and it's a no brainer to go uh, to basically hang out with my friends, you know, Taylor, Connor, Ethan, all those guys at HP. It's, it's not really work. It's just hanging out with some friends and, and doing something that we all love, which is, you know, getting to work with baseball, working in and around baseball. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Taylor after the first surgery. You mentioned him in this after the second one. How important has he been in this entire journey and then beyond that, as you mentioned, giving you opportunities to be able to give back to the community as well? Uh, he's He's been great. Uh, you know, I've been working with Taylor forever and and uh, been getting my workout programs from him for what seems like forever. So he's He's always been a big part of my my development and, and you know getting back to being healthy, staying healthy, things like that. It's it's been a big part of that, and um, you know I'm, I'm like I said, I'm I'm fortunate that he's in my corner and uh, he's just a great guy to be around. Mm-hmm. Also, do you get to call him nerd at all? Just because the when we chatted, I couldn't help but notice he loves his science, his bodily science, his uh, like some of the terminology and stuff is way off the charts for me. Yeah, that's that's a bit above my pay grade. You know, I'm I'm more of the uh, put the ball on the tee and and help you uh, you know hit a line drive. But it's it's awesome what he's what he's learned and what he's been able to do with uh, absolute human performance. Um, the strides he's made and, and just his own knowledge. You never see that guy, not with, you know, a bunch of books around him. He's always trying to gain new knowledge. He's, he's quite the sponge, that guy. Mm-hmm. How cool is it to watch his business develop the way it is from, you know, this little, little idea to now expansion and different sports. Like they added football and Calvin McCarty. I mean, the, he, he's built himself a little empire up there, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I, I guess you could say that. I think, you know, like you said, with with him really diving into into the science of what makes you know athletes tick and whatnot, it's you don't. Uh, I think it would have been short sighted to limit that to just baseball. Um, he's he's got the hockey program as well, the hockey summer program, and just it's he's in the business of of developing athletes and and helping them find their potential. And I think he's done a great job of that continues to do a great job of that and you know we'll we'll continue to do that Mm -hmm. uh getting back to the giving back piece for a second here i've seen a few guys do this like you went back to ahp i saw matt kootenay go up to uh st joe's with jason chatwood and in red deer and sylvan lake you look at guys at dogs guys in Vauxhall. there's always a few of you that are coming back how important was that in the grand scheme to be able to to kind of have that idea of success breeding success and being able to pass some information on to those little guys and and even older guys to maybe make them get to that next level well, I think I think it's it's important to to share what you know and and you know when I was coming up through the Prospects Academy, Ethan Elias uh, was coming back in the winters to train with us and and it was just watching the way he worked and you know learning things and, and him passing along information and stuff I think was really big in, in my development and then to take it a step further, you know being in the being in the training room with big leaguers and seeing how they work has been really good for me and and the things they do. So, you know, maybe moving that to a smaller scale where I, I can be the, you know, the, the resource for these high school athletes at AHP and stuff. I think that's, I think that's important for them. And, you know, 
you can never stop learning. And, and I learned something new every day from even just being around these, these high school athletes. Last time you and I chatted, we talked about how you still remember being that kid and going up and getting autographs and that at different ball games around Edmonton and area. Is it weird to have the tables turned for you? Like, have you wrapped your head around the idea of, okay, I'm now this guy that people are looking up towards and, hey, it's it's okay now. I can, I can be the one signing the autographs and, and giving those words of wisdom and piece of advice? It's... Yeah, it's it's definitely a humbling feeling. Um, you know, it's I, I love it. I love the fact that you know someone someone thinks that I could be a resource for them, and and then that's just why I try and be available and open. Um, there's a lot of things up in this head that I'm sure could be useful for others, and so to just try and like I said, pass pass along that knowledge and information of, of things that I've learned through my experiences and. And, you know, if it could help just one baseball player in the future, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest lesson that you've learned, especially over the last couple of years that you're likely to pass along to maybe some of those kids who are, you're instructing now? Uh, there, there's no one path to success. There's no one path and, and it'll never, success will never come in a straight line. Um, I'm not sure if that's something that I've learned. It's something I already knew that, you know, Taylor had probably mentioned to us in high school, but you know, I've, re I've really learned that. Like we said, a few, a few surgeries, not a lot of time on the field. Um, eventually one day I, I plan on pitching in the big leagues and, you know, I, I know that I have the ability to do that and it's just everyone's success comes in different paths and, and different versions and, nobody's story are going to be the same. How excited are you to get back on the mound? I'm very excited. I'm itching and clawing to get my way back there, you know, asking the trainers when I can start throwing again every day and, and probably annoying them already, even though I've been here for one week. But, you know, it's just, it's something to look forward to. And and when it when the time comes, then I plan on being ready. How fun was it watching uh, kind of an underestimated Guardians team this last year and, and looking into the crystal ball going, Hey, this is a young team. Now I can be a part of that at some point. We're going to continue to grow and, and be an exciting team to watch. Yeah, they, they're definitely exciting. They, they had a few, like you said, a few young players step up and, and fill some roles that, that were sorely needed. And, and it, it was an exciting playoff run. And unfortunately it ended too short of the goal, but it uh, just shows you that I'm, I'm a part of a, of a, up-and-coming organization one that's you know kind of done with the rebuild and, and they're they're ready to compete for world series trophies have you looked at the roster and gone that's a guy i want to pick the brain of or those are the kinds of people or players that i want to latch on to and and maybe hopefully get a few pieces of advice from have you identified them yet uh there, there's no there's no one one player but there's a bunch of uh, big leaguers here already and just seeing, you know, the likes of, of James, James Karinczak and, and Shane Bieber working and just the way they go about their business. And, and there's some to be learned from just that. And, you know, if you're, you're fortunate enough to have a quick conversation with them, you try and, you try and pick their brain a little bit, but you also, you know, recognize the roles here and kind of stay out of their way as well. Mm -hmm. 
What's the biggest learning curve you'd say between going from, especially from going college to pro, but even just being able to go from a pro to seeing guys in spring training and, and that kind of thing? What's What do you notice is the big difference between the different levels? Uh, well, from college, college to pro is probably the biggest biggest difference. Just, you know, in college, everything is, is done for you. You do what you're told. Whereas when you get to pro ball, you, you get a little more freedom. And so that's, you know, for me, it was learning that, you know, someone wasn't always going to be there to make sure I, I got my arm care done or, you know, did my conditioning. And it's, and it's kind of learning some discipline and and also finding things that work for you and, and really hammering out a routine that, you know, works best for you and, and gives you the best chance to succeed. We've talked a lot about the business side of ball from a fun aspect of things. What's been the most fun aspect of being a, a pro ball player? Uh, oh, that's a good question, actually. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is just pitching on a mound in front of a bunch of people. There's nothing that beats that. Um, you know, I've got fortunate enough to pitch in a couple candidate Canada Day games with the Edmonton prospects and, and then pitching in Okotoks with some pretty big crowds. But I got to pitch in uh, Dayton, Ohio in 2021. And I think there was nine or 10,000 people there. And that was just otherworldly. It's just standing on that mound knowing that most of the eyes are on you. It was, and then the fact, also the fact that it was an opposing crowd, it was really fun. You know, you, you do your best to make sure they're, they kind of go home unhappy. Do you take a moment to soak that in before you throw the pitch, or are you that dialed in that you're just like, nope, business, got to think business, can't can't be distracted by the 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 moment, I guess. When you when you hop on that mound, I think it'd be no nobody doesn't look around a little bit mm-hmm. and kind of understand where you are, but. But once it's time to go, it's it's time to go. You 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 can block out the crowd pretty easily. It's it's just you you and the catcher just trying to execute the pitch that you need to do to get the hitter out. The reason I ask is that I think back at that Adley Rushman video where he runs out, shakes the hand of the umpire, kind of takes that look around. He's got that grin on his face, like yeah, I'm enjoying this. And you get to see a little bit more of that personality come through. So I was curious if you plan on, as you go up the ladder with the Guardians, if you're hoping to maybe do that, soak in those moments right before you get to be all business. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely want to make sure I soak in the soak in the moments and and just so I can, you know, have those memories to go back on. And I think I've done a good job of that so far, but just making sure you, you know, you enjoy the moment as well as, you know, performing your, your, your tasks. So mm-hmm. you just, you got to make sure you, you have fun as well. Absolutely. Final question for you here, Eric. And I can't believe I haven't mm-hmm. asked you this yet, but believe it or not, the last time you were actually on the podcast was before it actually predates me starting to ask this question as the last question. So here it goes. What does game of baseball mean to you? What does the game of baseball mean to me? Oh, it means the world to me. Uh, the friends, the friendships that I've made, the uh, places that I've traveled, the, the you know the people I've met, the experiences that I've had, it, it means the world for me. Um, baseball has been, you know, the majority of my life. I've been playing it since I was five, six years old. Um, so that's you know that's that's twenty years of, of baseball being the foremost part of my life, and it it means the world to me. Um, I hope I recognize enough how 
lucky I am to be able to put continue to put a jersey on, you know, to play professional baseball. It it means the world to me, and and I I hope this this ride keeps going, and uh, you know I look forward to whatever else it has in store for me. We sure hope the ride continues as well, Eric. Always a pleasure to catch up and and chat a little shop. And yeah, even though I'm a Flames fan, I don't mind talking like the Oilers <laughs> as well. Really appreciate the yeah. time. Continued success uh, going forward. Look forward to chatting with you next time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Eric Sabrowski for joining us this week. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, leave us a rating and review on your app as those actions help spread the word about ADS. We'd also like to thank our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The Okotoks Dogs have started announcing their signings for this summer season as they look to repeat as WCBL champions. Head to dogsbaseball.ca for more. And AHP Academy has made some exciting announcements of their own, including names for their teams like the Renegades. Check them out at AHP hpbaseball.com. Until next time, thank you for all your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.